You're listening to The Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week, we start the show with a long discussion of Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition. Then, we get into previews and reviews with Ali Ali World, Windjammers 2, The Planet Crafter, No One Saves the World, and Terra Nil. Let's go! haven't thought about what I, how i'm gonna start <laughs> welcome to the show it's the musical episode of the gamer <laughs> no. i like it i like it keep going keep going <laughs> welcome to the show i'm here with the top gamers of the week to talk about the news of the week we've got izzy vanderveld hello george foster hello and stacy henley hello hello let's talk about uh the only story that matters Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. Uh, this is, as far as game business goes, this is the biggest story of all time. I don't think that you can overstate it, honestly. This yeah, is you, this you is Disney it. buying Fox, right? Like, it's, it's almost the same, same value. Money as well, yeah. yeah. Disney buying Fox was $71 billion, so it's pretty close. Jesus. And the, yeah. the next biggest one in games was Take-Two and Zynga, which was only a couple of weeks ago. That was twelve yeah. billion. Right. I know the Bethesda deal wasn't quite straight cash because there was some like shenanigans with shares and ownership and things. So Bethesda is mm-hmm. probably worth more than it was officially valued at. But still, and that and Bethesda was only a tenth of this. Yeah. Right. Wait, how much was the, was that? Seven billion then. Bethesda was seven, but yeah. Yeah, I think there was some other stuff where it wasn't all cash, so it didn't actually cost money in the way Activision and Zynga did. When you hear um, it again, it's like we understand it. Yeah, a $70 billion cash deal. Just <laughs> incomprehensible. Just an unbelievable amount of money. Um, it's the January transfer window. You always overpay. Right, right. Football uh, joke. Yeah, <laughs> none of us got it. We were like, I, yeah, said, no. I agreed, though. I did agree, for the record. I've, uh, I've played FIFA. I know there were transfer windows. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh... And also, this was a this was a value deal, right? Because um, yeah, because Activision Blizzard is as at their like lowest stock in many many years. Like they, this was the time to strike if they wanted uh, to acquire them. So this was this was at the low end, and they just bought what what the the largest publisher. Like they couldn't it's have huge. bought a bigger company, right? Mm. No, I mean you got Activision and Blizzard and King are all yeah. on their own with a hell of a lot of money, um, and this is a combo deal. And obviously, they, it did kind of come from the fact that the uh, there's been a lot of allegations and lawsuits and scandals and murder threats that are on the record at Activision yeah. over the past few months. Um, it's a bit weird, really, that they kind of saw this abuse happening and said, "We're going to change our relationship with them." And what that meant like was, we're going to them. buy them at a good price. <laughs> yeah, That's kind of a weird thing that, I know that's how business work, and I think Microsoft will run Activision better than Activision did, but yeah, that's still a bit weird. So it's a, it's a uh, many-bladed edge sword. Yes. No, that's not how you say that. <laughs> uh, this is a, a terrible thing that has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but 
there's a lot of good that will come out of it. We can assume. Um, I think that at least all of us here agree that like the consolidation of business and media is not good for literally anyone. Mm. Nope. It's good, it's not for, good for It's people. very, very good for people in suit to make money off it, but yes. no, in general, it's bad. It's, it's very good for, good for the people that things are always good for. Yeah, but it, it can stifle creativity. It often leads to... Um, we've seen it with Activision Blizzard already. They, I know we're like, oh, Microsoft will save them, but Vicarious Visions and Beanox and I think Toys for Bob as well all got moved off really interesting projects to make Call of Duty guns. Yes. And now they can get moved off projects to make Halo guns. And I mean, See? That, that's, that's, that's slightly better, I guess. <laughs> That started all the way back with High Moon, you know, 17 years ago. Like, this is, we, we know how Activision does business, and maybe that's about to change. Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. This is what happens when s smaller companies get swallowed up by bigger ones. Everything gets sort of homogenized. Uh, and it's not good creatively. It's not good for players. It's not good for people that make games because people have less places to work now yeah everything's microsoft now yeah, i mean there's yeah. a tweet someone left microsoft to go work at activision last week <laughs> <laughs> he's just back at Rip. microsoft now yeah and at, at a certain point like the the reason that monopolies are bad is because when one company owns everything they control the market value right like yeah. At a certain point, Microsoft can decide games cost a hundred dollars. Now that that's not going to happen, oh, but but that could. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Xbox specifically, I'm no talking but like the Xbox has been really consumer friendly this generation. Eh? They've got Game Pass. They've had like things free at launch. Um, they've made a lot of the right noises about like the future of gaming being for the players and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's because they're losing. They were <laughs> behind. No one was playing Xbox. True. If you throw Xboxes at people's face and say Halo free day one, they'll start to play it. Sony don't need to do anything. Sony just need to say, yeah, we've got God of War. $70. Don't want it? Don't play it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Xbox can now start doing that in a couple, uh, not a couple of years, because games take a long time to make, but in five or six years' time, Xbox will be the ones doing that. Oh, absolutely. They own uh... every Activision game, every Blizzard game, every Bethesda game. Well, they don't own Spider-Man, big deal. They own the market. <laughs> Go play Mario. Oh, that's um, depressing. There are a lot it's, of it's shit bad. takes. Like, pretty much as soon as this happened, like, it seems like everybody has a terrible opinion about this. Uh, and I want to get into critiquing some of those, but on this topic, you know, I'm seeing a lot... Oh, boy. I'm seeing a lot of shit-eaters say things like... Uh, well, it's not a monopoly because they're the third biggest game. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess if we look up monopoly in the dictionary, like the spirit of a monopoly, the the problem is the consolidation. It also, doesn't matter. the game monopoly is not a one player game for that reason. There can be multiple <laughs> monopolies happening that are bad. Yeah, uh, and like, okay, Microsoft is the third biggest game company, but Microsoft is eight times bigger than Sony is like yeah. just not in the gaming section of Microsoft. Like it's so pedantic. Um, this, this is monopolizing behavior and they're going to yeah. get away with it this time. 
I don't. They're going to be sus- celebrated for it. It's very. De- they're not getting away with it. People are going to celebrate this yes. partly because Microsoft will magically fix everything that happened at Activision, and partly because Microsoft are good and Activision is bad, and therefore all the bad stuff that Activision did is now gone, and has been replaced with good stuff. It's not mm-hmm. not Bobby anymore. It's Phil Spencer. It, it and is all those games that Activision narrative. won't make are going to be made. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing narrative, right? Um, <laughs> I, I don't think we see another acquisition no, for a long, long time. I think that starts to raise some eyebrows. Um, I would have said that after Bethesda, though. I would have been like, nah, that was a yeah, massive right. deal. Why would they do that again? But now, <laughs> yeah. now they've just done that times 10. So. Yeah, absolutely. Right, the fact that it's so big. It does, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I there are countless independent studios you could buy up forever right i yeah i think of the major ones you're running out of places to buy because ubisoft won't sell as much as ubisoft is huge and massive ubisoft always wants to be a family business now if you give them 70 billion dollars they might not want to be anymore but ubisoft is a family business at its heart that's why some of the bad stuff happened because the people do know he's a friend of the family so let's make him director of this huge franchise (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know and and ubisoft is the best comparison because yeah as, as far as like public reputation goes they're down in the dumps with activision <laughs> um not quite that low no not but qu- they have they have a they don't have a mobile division like king but they they ips they own there's a lot of stuff in ubisoft's locker i suppose that sure. you'd be interested in. i just i don't think ubisoft would sell i don't I mean, EA is the only real one going to be on the market, and that would cost a huge amount. Yeah, that's what I was because they've got mobile as well. Because, yeah, they have a mobile division. Mm-hmm. And after that, you're getting into really smaller publishers. That's how owned things are. You can't buy Nintendo. Like, it'd be like buying Sony. You can't just go and buy Nintendo. That's just not happening. Yeah. So, I don't know who, other than the smaller ones, I don't know who you'd go and buy. Because you can't get Ubisoft, and I don't think you'll get EA. I oh, don't I think. Imagine. Jesus. There's anyone for Microsoft to go and get, and I don't think there's any way for Sony to retaliate. Right. It, the other if thing, Sony can buy EA. <laughs> It'd be an absolute blinder, wouldn't it? If they, if they if they only if they buy EA and they they then own FIFA and Madden, then they're back in the game. Otherwise, they need to change strategies because they're never going to keep up. The other thing that concerns me. Um, before we get into the whole console war aspect of it, which seems to be the only thing anybody fucking cares about. Uh, you know, the, the like cultural and systemic problems at Activision Blizzard, I do believe are going to uh, get fixed because of this. I think that it is uh, important that they have new leadership and new culture come in. I don't think that they can fix this problem themselves, not without... Uh, unionization. It just doesn't seem like... It seems like if if they could have fixed their own cultural problems, they would have been able to do it by now, and they're not going to, and this needed to happen. However... Yeah, I think this would be a major shakeup. A major shakeup. But what we're looking at is at least six months, if not longer, of this deal closing like these things don't just happen overnight and it was six months for the bethesda deal and this deal is 10 times bigger than that yeah so they say it was going to be like 
Conveniently, when Codex <laughs> uh, contract ends, right? Yeah. 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 Um, right. So, um, when a company is going through a buyout, everything just stops. Like, no big decisions get made, no new programs get implemented. All of leadership is just like, oh, well, we have to wait and see what happens with like, nobody knows if they're going to have a job when it ends because no. of redundancies. No. Like, it's a really scary time. And if you work at Activision Blizzard right now, I'm sure that you're probably hopeful that Microsoft's going to be able to help and things are going to change, but also pretty terrified because you have no idea what's going to happen to your job, to your role. And all the problems that are going on right now just can't be fixed until then. So there's this like year long or more, if we're talking about next March, like period of just stasis. And I'm worried about stuff like uh, like the Raven QA team that's been on strike for five weeks. Yeah. Like, does yeah. anybody sort this out? Or is it like, well, we'll have to see what Microsoft wants to do when Microsoft's in charge? Like... I think at any company like that, there's always a lot of bloat as well. There's always a lot of people who get paid a lot of money, an extortionate amount of money, really, to make decisions about things. And they've been given 13 months of excuses to not do their job. If yeah. your job is just to make decisions about things, mm -hmm. and the company's been bought and someone else is going to start making the decisions, and you're still getting paid a lot of money in that time, what, what's your what's your work take consist of? Right. <laughs> yeah. And And... Crawling around cubicles looking at women's skirts if you work for Activision, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so many things are out of your hands now. Yeah. Right? Because because it's this weird thing where it's like, well, Microsoft's not in charge, but they're going to be, so we can't change things because they bought the company based on these factors. Mm. You know? And it and it explains why Kodak didn't step down, right? Because like a, the CEO leaving devalues the company, at least in the short term. Absolutely. So, like, everything has to stay at a certain level. Everything has to stay the way that it is uh, until this deal is done. Uh, and that's a, that's scary. That's, like, a pretty scary time for people that work there. What Activision needs most of all is change. And yeah. they're going to go through a process of really, I say up to 30 months, but it could be longer. Yeah. An indefinite period of time where the one thing you can guarantee is nothing will change. Exactly. That's yeah. really scary. And the thing that might change the end of it is you get fired. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and that will happen. Yeah. A lot of people will lose their jobs over this. Like, that's just how acquisitions work, you know? And hopefully some bad people lose their jobs, but... Hopefully most of them are at the, the, the higher levels. Yeah. Not that everyone at the high level is a bad person, but those people are going to have... Be on high wages, they're going to probably have payoffs in the contracts. They're going to be fine. If you lay off... The Raven QA people, by the way. Right. Like, yeah, when we talk about execs losing their jobs, that's no. That's them getting paid off and running yeah. away, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a crazy thing. It's as reviled as Kodak is, you also have to acknowledge that he, like, took over this company in the 90s and brought it up to something that's worth $70 billion. You know? It's um, it's he's exactly the kind of person who succeeds in business and in gaming, right? Yeah, and and is being highly rewarded now. Yeah, like Co like Kodak won, you know. It's uh, it's what it's, it's a crazy thing. Life, so. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so now we can talk about the console war bullshit, which is where this conversation <laughs> started for everyone else, right? Mm. <laughs> um, the the first thing out of everybody's mouth was, "Where's the new Crash Bandicoot?" Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Everyone did. The entire internet was like seventy billion dollars. Where's the new Crash Bandicoot? Literally, <laughs> that, there were some posts on the Crash subreddit that were just deranged levels of like, yes i saw this yeah. <laughs> unbelievable i've owned a playstation all my life and i've been betrayed oh, yeah, yeah. That's not, it was like this it was like what are we gonna do <laughs> if crash bandicoot is xbox exclusive we need to riot <laughs> it literally used the word riot yeah the one I <laughs> uh, um and the weird thing is crashes on xbox I know we're not exclusive, but like it's not yeah. a new thing. Crash has been on Xbox for a long time. Okay, so so there's a few anxieties. There's fear and excitement right now. Yes. I think, I think the the thing that people are immediately got upset about was the the idea that all Activision Blizzard would be Xbox exclusive. Which it won't be. Uh some will. Right? Somewhere, absolutely. They, yeah. They've bought it to, to make exclusive, but the, the entirety of the catalog just will not be. Right. What do you think um, makes the cut to not being more does? Oh, there's, there's no chance Call of Duty makes the cut. so much more money letting people buy Call of Duty on PlayStation than you do begging them to play your to buy your console to play Call of Duty. Yeah. Call of Duty will be on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it will. Yes. But, it, but it's not might mean that no one goes and buys it on PlayStation a la Outriders. And that's the whole idea, yeah. Um, yeah, I... Exclusivity does not affect me ever. I have every console. So <laughs> if it's on Game Pass, I'll just play it on Game Pass. And if it's on PlayStation, I'll just play it on PlayStation. <laughs> I'm a gamer. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why this is the biggest issue that faces gamers today is... And I think it's just team sports. It has nothing to do with uh, with ex the accessibility of products. It's not a moral stance. P the people that are so upset about uh, this exclusivity would be on the other side if Sony had bought Activision Blizzard. Mm. They would. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's 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 always been that. I think I think as journalists, we do have a little bit of. Uh, I don't know, privilege, I suppose, in that we get codes, we we get... I mean, I, I bought my PlayStation, I didn't get it sent by some magical Sony man, but, you know, we, we have that um, that greater access. Um, yeah, I bought but, a PlayStation 5, and I subscribed to Game Pass on my computer. Yeah. And I have access to everything that exists. Like, um, this is not an issue for anyone. The, the only the, thing I'd I say would be an issue is that some especially some like the current gen consoles are not that easy to get a hold of but then is that an issue okay but the we line? all have one yeah but then, and we didn't get them from anyone we bought them from stores yeah right we all and have think, one do you remember when i, I can't remember if it was horizon that day is gone probably horizon that's a, probably the bigger game when that moved to pc it stopped being a playstation and went to pc oh my God, mm -hmm. that was and so people, people were people like 
breaking their discs and yeah. threatening to like, <laughs> break their consoles with a hammer. Like, but no one wins there. You've had this game for four years as an exclusive. You've bought it, you've played it, you've enjoyed it, possibly played it multiple times, played the DLC, etc., etc. It's now going to be sold to different people on PC, and you break your own property as a protest. Yeah. What's where does on? the where does that come from? And I, I think that we have to blame the publishers a little bit because this started at the dawn of time with uh, Sega do what Nintendo don't, right? Like the <laughs> console wars is a marketing strategy. And I don't think it exists anymore. Did you say the dawn of time? <laughs> you Nintendo were around at the dawn of time. Yeah, the dawn of gaming time. Okay. Time started Which is the only when... time that's relevant. Time, time started. Time started time when Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. For the wrong after Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think there was a lot of console wars kind of goading that seems to now the publishers have stepped away from. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I, I think to an extent you can blame the publishers for, oh, the, you know, advertising made me do it, but also, I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand people who have like tattoos of the PlayStation logo on them. I, I don't understand <laughs> loving a brand that much. I don't get it. I don't mind having a PlayStation character. Like, oh, this, this game, this story, you know. By working again, I'm not going to trivialize games and pretend that they don't mean things to people. I get that they do. I get that games can have a deep connection to you, but I can't imagine loving the brand. I have never watched a movie at home and gone, I'm going to get a tattoo on my television to remind me of that movie I watched. <laughs> I'm going to get the Lion King logo on my arm. Uh, resident brand expert George Foster. <laughs> Maybe we can direct our questions to the biggest IP lover on the planet. Go on, no, I mean, I don't, we don't have to sit here and like armchair psychologists diagnose these people, but this is, this is, it's not just prevalent. This like, it sort of defines the gaming community. Yeah. Like the console yeah. war, as much as I don't want to talk about it, it, it's, it is everything to a lot of people. To most people that play games, this is a very important thing. Is PlayStation winning? Is Xbox winning? Mm. Yeah. I wrote a, the day of the acquisition, which would be a few days ago when the, when the podcast goes out, about, um, I think the title was something just like, Microvision by an Activision is bad. It was very straightforward. And I went into why I thought it was bad. The ideas were just discussed as Monopoly. And in it, I said, I also think the way Sony does its business by investing heavily in one type of game, third-person action adventures that cost $70, is also bad. And I got a load of comments saying, just like a Sony fanboy. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think I think this thing that Xbox has done is bad for people. I think the way Sony acts is bad. They're both companies, and they never, ever act in your interest. If they ever act in the player's interest, it's because players are not players then. They're customers. Yes. And, and like, I, the media is responsible, too. Like, the way we frame narratives is so ridiculous. Like, we, we can't talk about Microsoft doing something without also saying, and how is Sony going to respond? Yeah. Like, it's not team sports. It's, we, don't have to, we don't have to talk about every story in terms of the competition. Um, because it, it fosters this really weird culture where everyone seems to want to pick sides about something that you don't have to pick sides about. We can play all the video games. I do it. You can all play all the video games if you want to. 
And if Microsoft makes more billions than Sony, that doesn't mean anything to you. It shouldn't mean anything to you. It doesn't affect you at all. That's the thing. I, I, we've mentioned sports a couple of times and football. And as someone who is a sports fan, what I find really weird is if I'm going to talk about English football, because I know we have listeners there. So in the Premier League, my team, Newcastle United, we're not very good. We've just become the richest club in the world. We've been mm-hmm. bought out by a um, Saudi Arabian prince. We are incredibly rich. We're the richest club in the world. Um, and there's been a really weird a change amongst the way football is discussed, where it used to be that Newcastle were quite a popular team. They were, they were People liked Newcastle. And as soon as they got a lot of money, they suddenly became kind of everyone's enemy. And the way mm-hmm. football Twitter discusses things, the way football fans discuss things, is my team is better than your team, and therefore you're wrong. And I think the consoles do the same thing. Like Sony, Sony won. I know we don't want to like do the narrative of team, but Sony won the last generation. It had more mm. games, it had better games, it won. And if you supported, quote-unquote, Team Sony in that time, you're used to winning. Yeah. And now Xbox, now Xbox has basically done a Newcastle. They've just gone, here's loads of money, now we're winning. Yeah. And it completely flips it around. And I think people who are used to winning a lot, who are used to just being able to say, well, my team is better than yours, and therefore I'm correct. Don't really know how to handle actual conversations. They're just used to the fallback of being, but I'm winning though. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I've seen that exact take many times uh, since yesterday. Like, uh, Microsoft is just buying their way to the top. They don't have the, they don't have the the personality or the identity that Sony. Did. It's like you think Sony didn't spend money to make all those games. <laughs> Um, yeah. George? Yes. Were you going to say something? No, I laughed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, if basically, if I, for anyone out there who's not a football fan, if you replace Activision Blizzard with Kieran Trivia, this is exactly what people are saying about Newcastle. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with the sports now. <laughs> That's so, why I had no comment. I, I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yes, so Game Pass, uh, which we all love, which is different from loving Microsoft. Let's make that clear. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't have a Game Pass tattoo, but I do with Game Pass. <laughs> um, Game Pass gets, which Game Pass, the already like most valuable service of all services, including like all the TV and movie ones, just gets way more valuable now. Um, I made a good point about this, actually. Um to not just accidentally give Microsoft free PR. It only gets more valuable if Microsoft and Xbox don't massively hike up the price, which I don't think they would. Mm, they because will. It, they will. <laughs> they will. They will. I reckon they will start to raise it like Netflix are doing with their subscriptions and have been doing with that. Yeah, it'll be 50 but, cents and a dollar at a time every yeah. year, right? Yeah. So yeah, then, the... then it's great now because it's such a cheap entry into gaming. It's why I got... Um, yeah, that's why I started this console generation. Like, as you know, a lifelong PlayStation owner, I started this console generation with the Series <laughs> S because I was like, I can't get my hands on a PS5. The Series S comes with 300 games for like 12 quid a month, so obviously I'm going to get that. Right. But as soon as that 12 pounds a month goes up to 30, then it does start pricing people back out. And I know, like, it's still cheaper than buying all these games brand new. That's the thing. That's well, actually a really interesting point. It prices, yeah, but even if... It, I mean, that 30 is more than doubled. If they doubled it, 
it's still a game of month. Right. It's still more than a game of month. Mm, Less yeah. than a game of month. Yeah, let's let's talk about that that value, a purely subjective <laughs> thing. But um, okay, I know that we have like a price conversion thing, but Game Pass Ultimate in in the states is fifteen dollars a month, and that gets you Game Pass on Xbox and PC and mobile. Yeah, um, I think that regular Game Pass, if you just have it on Xbox, is ten. So I think it's ten or fifteen. I'm pretty sure. What is it? What is it for you, Izzy? Uh, yeah, I think I've ten nine nine a month. I think. Yeah, it's ten or twelve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I thought it was twelve. It might be ten. Okay. So, so I mean, I, I'm a... I'm looking at the figures on the Xbox website. It's ten nine nine a month in the UK. I just buy the yearly oh. subscription, but I, it's ten nine nine a month. Cool. Right, slash right. fifteen nine. Sorry, fourteen nine nine in the states. Mm. Cool. So, in terms of uh, AAA, it's a quarter of the price of a new game. Is that right? More, more, uh, less than a quarter. I mean, a quarter yeah, would be like 40 or 44. It's, it's, it's less than 60. a quarter? Less than a quarter, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, for, close, it's close to a fifth, really, compared to some of the prices Sony charges. Yeah, for sure. For us, it's a quarter. It's, oh, it's we're getting ripped off. A, it's less than a fifth of the cost of Ratchet and Clank. Gotcha, okay. So, yeah, so if it doubled, which is, like, not going to happen for a long time, hmm. right? They'll, they'll go up a dollar at a time. So if it did double, I would still pay for it. <laughs> I would still subscribe every month or buy the year. It would lose its allure as this is the cheapest, easiest way to get into gaming. But let's be honest, all of us and all the people listening to this aren't looking for the cheapest way to get into gaming. You are currently sitting there listening to us talk about gaming on a gaming podcast. You already play games. Yeah. <laughs> if it doubled, it would still be good value for you. Yeah, I think so. Just And like from... Not just from how much you're saving on games you would buy, but also the discoverability, like the yeah. ability to to play games without that that twinge of guilt and that you even just without you the might not risk. Like. Yeah, that's yeah. like about it. there's a lot of people. Like I don't know how much the Artful Escape is. I can't imagine it's that expensive. I know certainly something like unpacking very cheap. Um, they are games that people kind of dipped into last year, and a lot of people fell in love with them. And even for like two or three quid, which I think they were a bit more expensive then. People wouldn't have paid that. I don't think many people yeah. would have paid three quid to, oh, you unpack boxes and that that's the game. Yeah. But it yeah. was free on Game Pass. You give it a whirl and then people really loved it. it. It got a lot of discussion. People, you know, shared clips and talked about the full design of it. It ended up being a bit of a hit. Right. I don't know how much money that made. I don't know how that translated to success on a developer level, but on a was this game popular level, putting it on Game Pass worked. Mm. Yeah. I mean, last year, pretty much, like, if you played the Halo campaign, Forza, and two indies, that was that that balanced you out for the year, right? You broke <laughs> yeah. even. And I played way more than that. Like, way, way, way more than that on <laughs> yeah. there. So. It also, interestingly, is kind of linked. It had MLB The Show last year, which was traditionally a PlayStation exclusive. So it's already been making moves to make itself a competitor at the PlayStation in a way that, you know, gets talked about as winning that was really one in the eye for Sony, even yeah. though we don't want to talk about this versus narrative. It had a Sony exclusive on there that was $70 on Sony on PlayStation, mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. free on Xbox. I can oh. see I can see Battle.net integration happening really quickly. Yes. Uh, for a few reasons. Um, you know, a few years back, they tried to change the branding of Battle.net to just the blizzard app and they had to change it back it was just the name but they mm -hmm. changed it back from the blizzard app to battle net because that's how 
like that's how serious Battle.net people are about their branding. <laughs> like they like the Blizzard players really are like that. I thought I so, so I don't <laughs> I don't see like all the Blizzard games just getting rolled into Game Pass. I think they're gonna stay on that like separate platform, just like how EA is, right? You get uh EA play through Game Pass, but you have to yeah. use the separate fucking app. I hate it a lot. Uh yeah, I so do I. But then that's integrated on console, which is where a lot of players are going to play. Right. On console there's no di- there's no material difference between playing I don't know FIFA twenty one, which is an EA play game, versus playing Halo. Yeah. Just a little game icon. Does it still tell you at least if it's, it's in EA? Oh, so on console it says Game Pass in the corner on the bottom right corner, or I think it says EA Play if it's an EA Play yeah. game. So, so, a, so there'll probably be a Battle.net logo. We'll have a Battle.net branding too. And then yeah. the people that are on Battle.net uh, will get pulled back to Game Pass, right? They'll be like yeah, that cross there. Uh, and then I assume that just every game there will be free. It'll just be like Diablo 4, Overwatch 2, it's just true. straight down the list. list. Uh, I, I reckon they start adding some of the smaller ones now, like soon. Like I can see them going, "Oh, here's Crash Team Racing or Nitro Fuel or whatever." That's that's the thing. Even George has got a point. Actually, even though that takeover hasn't happened yet, Game Pass is not Xbox exclusives. It's just yeah. games. Mm. Right. They they could conceivably add some Activision games now. I don't think they're going to go, you know, Overwatch, Diablo Four, but um, yeah, something like Crash Team Racing could be added on there. Do you think there's any possibility that they roll WoW subscription into Game Pass? Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't mean to. I don't, um, I don't think Game Pass has an equivalent. That does it. It's not like really a popular. No, there's no MMO. Like, yeah, subscription yeah. That you I was trying to think that there's no Pass. there's no MMO subscription that's folded into that. I so I would say I doubt it because. I don't think it's expected, and you are giving away free money. Xbox is already giving away free money with the prices that Game Pass is. Mm-hmm. You know they've they've paid eighty billion combined for Bethesda and Activision Blizzard, and they've gone have all these things for free. I know they make yeah. it back with in-game transactions, and more people play Xbox, more people in the ecosystem. I know that I know how they make it back. I understand right. the the maths of it on a, on a long term scale. So that's right. the thing. Like I I have no data, but I do wonder if a if a free to play WoW actually does better now, now that yeah. now that a the the culture is so adjusted to microtransactions, mm. like we we can look at free to play, we can look at Fortnite. You know, obviously Fortnite is more popular than WoW is today, but it's making absurd, absurdly more money than WoW is, even with its subscription. There's so yeah. I, I sort of wonder if if WoW going free to play actually does better, you know, like Destiny, and maybe it still sells expansions like Destiny does. Yeah. Um, but with its it, and it has an in-game store already. Like it doesn't have it doesn't need new infrastructure. They already sell mounts and uh, all kinds of bullshit. So yeah, I <laughs> I kind of wonder if n- not free to play, but p- as part of Game Pass, mm. if it. You know, and WoW's on the decline. That's the so. thing. It's it's would would they want to flood the community with newer players as the way Game Pass would, or would they rather buy the subscriptions? If you keep charging for it, and you keep it's still got 
a lot of players. Yes, Warcraft. You know, it's it's not it's not falling in numbers, and it, you're right, it is trending downwards. But if you have, if you keep them as they are, you are essentially buying money. Mm-hmm. That money's still, that money's now not going to go to it. It's going to go to you. So if you make it free, you have to not just make the money back of the tran- transactions to get more people playing, but you have to absorb the loss that comes from all the players who are currently playing it, paying subscriptions. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. People that have actual data will make decisions That's like true, that. Yeah. But but I think that the, the point that we can even discuss that as a possibility is because I have no idea what Microsoft's ever going to do. And no. there is a little bit of, of like excitement behind that. Like wild stuff. Like I never thought Activision was going to get bought by anyone. That, that never even no. crossed my mind as a possibility. No. That seems so absurd. Do you all remember where you were and what you were doing when Microsoft acquired that <laughs> <laughs> it, it is kind of unbelievable. Like, I, I was just walking around the house yesterday saying $70 billion to myself. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I don't know. There is a little bit of a sense of, like, anything could happen uh, around Game Pass. It's it's very new and exciting in that way. It's, it's interesting because... Obviously, we're all we've been talking about this for ages because this is like, as you said, you know, the biggest gaming put like purchase in the medium's history. Um, but I shared the news with one of my friends yesterday who plays video games pretty much every single day, and he just went, "Oh yeah, I don't care. I don't play any Activision Blizzard games, so this doesn't affect me at all." Ah, uh, see, that's <laughs> weird. Like, I called my brother <laughs> straight away, and I was like, yeah. "Did you hear the news? It, Activision's it, 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 out." My brother. Well, that's- I thought you said your mother. I was like, but even he was like, oh my God, it's that big news. It was just an interesting. I texted my friend who plays a lot of games and he was just like, oh yeah, of course. Because it's, it's, I think, I think George says it just seems like a very capitalistic thing. A big company's bought a big company. Yeah. I do. It probably sounds a little bit snobbish and elitist and I know what journalists get accused of, but I think you need to be actively in the industry to be aware of the repercussions of it and and Mm -hmm. how large it is, how seismic it is. Because we're, we're saying like it's five times more than five times bigger than the next biggest acquisition. But if you told someone take two of board Zynga for twelve billion, <laughs> yeah, 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 who would take two and who has Zynga? Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but no other publisher has the culture and fan base that Activision Blizzard does. I don't. Besides Nintendo. Like EA doesn't have EA Con every year where everybody that's, dresses yeah, that's up like true. their favorite EA character. That's true. I was thinking of games of other big IPs that are popular, but yeah, I forgot BlizzCon and the whole deal of Activision Blizzard. You're right. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Jesus. Yeah. That's a like that's a culture. Like no no other publisher has a culture like that. Yeah. Um. So I think this is a bigger deal to Johnny Gamer than any anything else could be. Honestly, besides Nintendo, if Nintendo got bought, that would be. Just outrageous. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's what Sony should do. There we go. There, there's, there's my answer. That's what Sony should do. <laughs> it would fix their handheld issue as well. Like, stop trying to make more PSPs yeah. happen and just buy the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then, the other, the other dream is that all the Activision IP gets to blend with all the Bethesda IP and all the Microsoft IP. Oh, my dream. That- and Master Chief and Tracer from Overwatch, and they're best oh. friends now. And... <laughs> We've been waiting for so long for PlayStation All Stars. They could now just do Microsoft All Stars. Microsoft All Stars. They've got Rare. 
They, I mean, they've got everything. We don't have to list them. Still make uh, George, George, what's what have you been uh, fantasizing about? I, I know, about I know, it? we took the piss out of it like pretty much straight away. But honestly, it would just be nice to have like some sort of stability for Crash. Like, I know George. he had a game like two years ago, but as soon as all the stuff yeah. started happening, it was. We like... had a game. We know we had a game two years ago, and a game three years ago, and a game four <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Like, what just, is the problem with Crash? I love him. Why does it need to be protected? It had a massive mobile game last Wait, year, and then it had what? Crash Four, then it had Crash Team Racing, and then it had the trilogy. <laughs> Crash is fine. And what? Wumpa League is coming out like this year, George. Like I, I just. I, I don't know. It's the same for Spyro. It's just the thing that... It's not the same for Spyro. Spyro's had one game and it was a reboot. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that they now have, you know, they have, like, Rare could do a Crash game, or, like, Vicarious Visions could do a Banjo-Kazooie game. Like, there's so much there now. Um, mine is, my brain is literally just on yeah. platformers, like, straight away. <laughs> yeah, they could put Crash in Psychonauts. Oh, my but... God! That's the thing. Microsoft has a, a billion studios now, and any any Activision Blizzard game could get made by anybody else now, right? Or they could all be used to make Halo guns. Or they could, yes. Or Activision Blizzard could get dismantled overnight <laughs> and turn into one big support studio for Halo Infinite. <laughs> that is potentially one thing that could be interesting about a sort of, like, Microsoft, for example, owning all this IP, but actually keeping the smaller studios it owns as distinct smaller studios is that instead of you just having for example naughty dog makes uncharted 1 uncharted 2 uncharted 3 uncharted 4 you'd have yeah rare make a game and then like visions make a game and then bethesda make the third game in that trilogy that could be something interesting but also i mean they did that with crash really yeah they did the mm-hmm. crash reboot was um vicarious visions Racing was Beanox, and yeah. then Toys for Bob. Do, do you want to finish, George? Do you want to finish a sentence for me? <laughs> Crash Four, go on, tell the audience. Crash Four was Toys for Bob, and it, it was, was great. Uh, Wait, it wasn't was as good as the Toys for Bob game, game, but it was uh, fine. I love Crash. Yeah, I my Microsoft doesn't usually do much with their acquisition. Like they don't usually have big oversight. Now that obviously has to change with Activision Blizzard because there's so much work that needs to be done. Mm. Yeah, they but, have to carefully deal with Activision Blizzard. They can't just be like, "Oh, we bought it and we're just going to let it do what it's doing," because that would kill yeah. awful. So PR that's not going to happen. But I also don't think that means, "Hey, we change everything that Activision Blizzard does. We, no. we take their games, we give them to other people, we like." I, I don't think fixing the culture at Activision so that it as a better, safer company means um, we're changing their business model dramatically. Like those, <laughs> those aren't synonymous. Sure. Um, as exciting as it is to think about uh, Crash and Master Chief and <laughs> the Fallout boy, Fallout guy. What's his name? Vault, Vault Boy. Vault Boy. I answered way too fast. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's mention a couple other things, uh, before we move on from the news. Uh, cause in the same realm, we've got some information leaks, rumors about, uh, PlayStation's game pass, right? Project Spartacus or just Spartacus. 
I don't know why my instinct is to put project in front of everything. <laughs> That'll sound cool though. It sounds a lot more sci-fi. Project Spartacus. <laughs> uh, just what? stick to like um like Project Triangle Strategy over the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Square. Square made me want to put project in front of everything. <laughs> what what do we know about Spartacus? Nothing? It's well, a... I'm Spartacus. <laughs> I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. That was good. Okay, now we've done that. Um, <laughs> we, well, so PlayStation Now gift cards have been taken. Apparently this happened in the US a while ago, or maybe, I don't know how long ago a while ago is, but it happened before it happened in the UK. But very recently in the UK, PlayStation Now uh, cards were pulled from retailers. So I, as far as I'm aware, the rumors think it's going to be a mix of PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, and then hopefully with a few extra features thrown in to make it more of a direct rival to Game Pass. I bet Sony fucks it up. Just being, I... But I, I don't have the most faith because, yeah, isn't like PlayStation Now is all streaming. And, like, you can't just man. download a game, so it's crap. So I think if they overhauled PlayStation Now and integrated it with PS Plus, that would be good value for money. Like that I'd like to see. Okay, I this is uh, a little off track, but I gotta say the thing with the PS Now cards, I don't think that means anything. I'm pretty sure when it happened in the US, they just got recalled, like they had bad codes and they had to replace them. But as somebody who worked in retail and like sold those cards, we would have bad cards up, like we would have like old Verizon Pay to Go cards up <laughs> that didn't work for like a year, just mixed in <laughs> with the new ones. Like if they if they're supposed to pull the old ones because the the branding is getting changed, they would do that the day the new ones get put in. <laughs> like I don't think those PS Now you can still subscribe to PS Now digitally. Like I don't think the card thing means anything. But I know that's not the point of what we're talking about because there is a rebrand for PS Now happening, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but we just don't really know what that's going to be. I don't know how it could compete with Game Pass. If I'm honest, I don't think PlayStation. Um is prepared to compete with Game Pass. Yeah, We can talk all day about, oh, you, oh, I found unpacking on Game Pass. I found the Artful Escape on Game Pass. Why Game Pass works for most people, not for people who work in games, not for nerds like us who play all sorts of games and you know get really excited about unpacking boxes because of the Foley design. For actual people who play games, Game Pass works because it has Halo Infinite and Forza on it. Mm. There's no chance Sony's Game Pass ever will have God of War launch. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think, and therefore it's not a competitor. Xbox's thing is we'll give you all the games you want for free. Sony's thing will be we'll give you all the games you want for free in eight months. Yeah, that's not a competitor. It's a different idea, and it's a worse idea. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I completely agree. Like, part of playing a God of War or Horizon is playing it at launch with the whole world. I think that's part of the experience. Yeah. Especially when they bring out the new IP, something like Spider-Man. When, when yeah. Spider-Man came out, and that was a big year. Lots of things came out in 2018, but Spider-Man was the one game from that year that everyone was into. Everyone was playing. Everyone was you know, sharing clips and pictures and helping it was so shareable and people loved Spider-Man and the, the mechanics were so interesting and different because the, the web swinging is very different to just running around town as yeah. you do in all the other games. But... You're right. It's that it's that shared experience that you get from playing a new game at launch. I, in some ways, I think that's stronger with single player games than it is with other games. 
Yeah, and the online games, the meta has been adjusted and things don't really work, and you're the early doctor, but also this is trash. Why don't I go back and play this other game that I'm really good at? <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas and, with uh, Horizon, it's it's Horizon, it's the story, it's being in it, so especially something really story driven like The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, P- PlayStation, like AAA exclusive PlayStation games, really like drive the conversation and like sort of shape gaming culture in the time that they come out. And then two months later, it's something else. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's important. And that's like a lot of the value that uh, from PlayStation games. I think that a, a Game Pass thing where you get those games a lot later still has value. There are people that, there are people that wait to play games for sure. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's like, it's not the same thing as Game Pass and it is worse. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a valuable service. It would be a cool thing to have if PlayStation did that. PlayStation just kind of said, oh, we're going to do this. I don't think it would hurt the bottom line, because um, I think you're right, a lot of people would buy it at launch. Um, I think it would be cool for people who are waiting, or who... <sighs> Not so much necessarily God of War Horizon, which people have probably bought it in, but Persona 6, when that comes out in, I don't know, two or three years, uh-huh. that could have people picking it up, because I've heard about Persona 5, but I've never played it, and it's on this thing, and I'll wait in eight months and I'll pick it up. That's fine. And it might help those kind of games that are big, but aren't stratosphere-level big pick up an audience, but we are calling it Sony's Game Pass because that's what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. If Sony are not doing this because they think it's a good idea, they're doing this because they're losing ground to Xbox. Yeah. As much as we don't want to position everything as being a battle, Sony are very clearly, if this is a real thing that really happens in the way that we think it's going to happen, it's very clearly an attempt to do what Xbox is doing. And if their idea is to do it, but worse... Yeah, probably a bad idea. Didn't PlayStation yeah, recently has... do like this thing where they have free games on PlayStation Plus that are like I forget what it's called. It was like a golden yeah. collection or something. Oh, yeah, when, when you PS4 get the PS5, yeah. there's a twenty. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, twenty. Like classic games from the PS4, um, but they're not even that. Like, I say PS4, they're not new ones. They're Ghost of Shima and Last of Us Two on on there. Um, oh, right. Sort of so, five and Resident Evil Seven, um, Bloodborne. I think huh. the first God of War, well, not the first God of War, the first of the all bangers. Of yeah, it, it's like games. twenty incredible games. If you like yeah. missed PS4, it's just like, yeah. hey, here's every single PS4 game. Here's game the thing you missed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Except the ones that came out this year. <laughs> We're not doing them yet. There's no Last of Us Two. It goes to Shishima. Final <laughs> you know, Fantasy Seven. The the thing that playstation can offer with a game pass that xbox just can't is its back catalog and we already see that with now it's kind of it's endlessly fascinating to me how little value we put on ps now even though it has literally 10 times the number of games that game pass does like i i did a breakdown of like the metacritic scores for yeah. every uh subscription yeah. service and i could not touch ps now because it had too many games i couldn't calculate it has like the entire fucking history of playstation is on ps now streaming subscription that already exists um so i think that there's like a way to make that more like marketable and approachable for people obviously like streaming is the turn off Mm, yeah. for a lot of people and also that it's a separate subscription from ps plus that people are already paying for like the, there's sort of a mm. there's friction there and i think like rolling those all together make ps plus 
be your, you know, your two modern games of the month, your online and the PS now library, and maybe find out a way to not make it all streaming. I don't know if that's possible. Mm. Um, but that that's an impressive service because like it's got PS one, PS two and PS three games and like game pass has Banjo Kazooie, right? <laughs> it's got blinks the cat. <laughs> like you just can't go Blinks. that far back with Xbox the way you can with PlayStation games. Mm. Um, no, you you, think, you you get Fable and then that's kind of it. <laughs> I think the problem with PS Now compared to yeah. Game Pass is obviously, you know, we can all talk constantly about oh I found this thing on Game Pass, I found this thing on Game Pass, I found this new thing on Game Pass. Yeah. Every single colloquial story I've heard of PS Now is oh yeah, I tried to stream that game, it ran shite. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't true. think I've actually heard anyone say anything good about the way PS Now functions. I, Even if it does I, like offer that access, I've never heard people say it does it really well. I think PS Now has the VR problem, right? Everybody tried it five years ago, and it was shit. And now that's their impression of it. Yeah, yeah that could be true. Um, and so like the Quest 2 exists, and I can sit here and be like, the Quest 2, it weighs nothing. It's wireless. You can stream your PC <laughs> games. It has incredible games. And it's like, yeah, I tried VR. And when people say that, they're talking about the Google Cardboard that you built yourself and put your phone in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or the, try that. It was terrible. It was terrible. Or like the fucking Samsung one they were giving away with phones when the S6 came out. Like, that's... That's the VR everybody tried because they went into a Best Buy and it was like, here, try VR. And it was terrible. Yep. And so, right? And so, like, the Quest 2 exists and that's not, that's a different platform. Those are both VR, but they're not. And I think that's sort of the PS Now problem. It's like, yeah, we all got a free trial five or six years ago on PS3 when it first came (laughs) out. God, yeah. Or, like, early PS4 even. like, Mm. and, And we didn't have... 200 meg down bandwidth that we do today you know like all of our networks were kind of shittier our our routers were still n band like we didn't even have ac band route so yeah like for sure when all all my friends are always saying that that's that's the thing they always talk about (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i think i think maybe probably ps now is a much better uh uh experience but none of us are doing it so who who can say yeah yeah uh, but with a rebrand and some good marketing, we can all try it again, and maybe it kicks ass now. The thing is, Sony is very, very good at marketing. True. Spend a lot of money on it, but also it does it, it, does it well. Except for that live-action, uh, that weird cinematic that started before the, the last... The chess game. The chess game thing? Holy <laughs> shit, did that miss the mark. What the hell was that? It was for the players. <laughs> yeah you guys even remember that it's like this big citywide I yeah I they show yeah. it in theaters and they still they showed it they showed it in the movie sometimes like you'd be wa- like watching the adverts like a car and then this big chess thing will happen over there yeah playstation so when they so, show a playstation game just show you have so many great games just show some games i know because they got they probably got sick of showing fucking returnal and ratchet and clank rift apart just spliced together over and over and over. Um, so the the connection, the the PS Now connection here is that we're seeing all these PS3 games show up on the PlayStation Store now, 
right? Yeah. Which and would... a patent for backwards compatibility popped up as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. so that would indicate that like we're we're de- divorcing from the streaming only service, and all of these PS3 games that are showing up in the store are going to be part of this new PlayStation Game Pass experience. Mm-hmm. And I know that there is a limited appeal to classic games for sure. Like a game pass with brand new games, indie or otherwise is always going to be more popular than, Hey, you can play resistance too. Hey, like, hey, hey. but, <laughs> but I want that to exist still. Yeah. I do want that to yeah. exist and be available. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably going to happen this year. We, we would assume, right? We imagine with all the moves that are being made in the background. Yeah, yeah. Are you, wait, are you talking about? Yeah, the, it really needs the PS now to. rebrand or the back compatibility thing. Both, both yeah, but, right. Yeah. I think I, I imagine they come at the same They're time. The same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. It makes it sense. must be the same thing. I do long to be able to just put a PS3 disc in a PS5 and it just work. I just want to play Infamous again. That'd be good. I don't have any PS3 discs, so I cannot oh, relate no, to no, that at all. all. I my I'd love to be able to put a PS5 disc in and have it work. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, but... uh, yeah. And we will soon. We've got Horizon next month. No, I, I really just meant not have to wait for it to download. Oh, remember those no, days? Sorry, that's not going to Remember happen. those days, children, when you could just <laughs> yeah. put a disc in your disc machine and the disc would go... God, it makes me it makes me so sad when around Christmas every year now you get remember if you're buying someone a console or game pr- like boot it up a few days before and pre-install uh-huh. everything and download all the software updates and just like, oh come on it's so sad you can't just be a kid and like unbox a PS2 and smash God of War and just be happy a kid playing God of War the, get the day one <laughs> yeah match. but the trade off is like games are a billion times better than the first God of War <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's worth it. I'll sad. download some shit. It's fine. <laughs> With your 200 uh, megaband NCST <laughs> NCIS. <laughs> We're going a little long on news, but there's one more story I wanted to mention because it's fascinating to me. Uh, somebody did the math. I wish I had their name at the top of my head, but uh, apparently Pokemon has... Uh, 20, 2021 was a record year for physical sales for Pokemon. Uh, they have. This was the highest since gold and silver came out in 2000. How? Uh, which is really yes, it's really interesting to me. We had brilliant diamond and shining pearl, or shining diamond and brilliant pearl. I'll never brilliant, brilliant diamond. Thank you. BDSP. BDSP, just like BDSM. We had <laughs> snap, and then we had unite, but that was had no physical. No release. physical. And then people are still buying sword and shield. So yeah. between old Sword and Shield cells, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which was not received very well, and Snap, which I didn't think sold well at all, Pokemon had its biggest year since 2000. Its biggest year in 20 years. Yeah. What does it mean? BDSP maybe didn't get critically received super well, but it sold very well. So like, yeah. Sales charts. So yeah. it turned out that it was the number one uh, for Nintendo of the year. Yeah, it was number three for November or December. Like, yeah, weirdly, it was the number three for the month, but it was number one for Nintendo for the year. Uh, uh, which I'm trying to think, what do you even compare it to, though? 
uh, what other Nintendo games? I mean, Skyward yeah. Sword, I guess. Yeah, Skyward Sword, te- Mario Tennis. Like, <laughs> I, I'm trying to. Have I completely Dread, forgotten what Dread, Switch Dread. games came out? Dread. Dread, Dread yeah. is a good one, but Dread never sells that well. It's a great yeah. game, it never sells. It's not going to ever challenge PlayStation. Um, Pokemon, Pokemon. The sales charts. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people missed out on Brilliant Diamond and Shannon Pearl. Again, one of these we play games a lot, and I know Eric and Izzy, we're all into Pokemon a lot anyway. Yeah. But it's been a while oh, since. Yeah. Um, Yes, you like me. It's been a while <laughs> since Diamond and Pearl were out. Um, and it's really hard to like play. If you don't know how to emulate, which a lot of people don't, that's mm-hmm. fair. A lot of casual players who are the Pokemon base don't really know how to emulate. I don't want to because I think it'll break the computer. It's really hard to get these games. You can't just... We're talking about this compatibility with Sony, but it's much worse with Nintendo. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's the, a generation of people missed out on... Um, well, it was just a new Pokemon game, and more, more than anything, Nintendo as well. Of um, all the old Pokemon games, like retain if not increase in value. Mm. Like Nintendo, mm. so rarely does sales. Like you can go into a a shop no, like CEX now, and you could look at like um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and they'll still be forty quid. Yeah, more than anything, this seems to me to be just a, a testament to the strength of the Switch. Yeah, like absolutely. But, like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl sold better than every Pokemon game just because everybody's got a Switch now. And we didn't have the same number of 3DSs out there or Game Boy Advances out there, apparently. Uh, That's true, yeah. There's just more people buying them. There's more families buying them. Yeah. Um, Nintendo's always been like a family company as much as like some of the adverts haven't always leaned into that. Mm-hmm. It's always been a family company. And I think the consoles haven't always matched that. A Game Boy was not a family console. It was yours. Right. Yeah. And then that, the Wii did not have play- Pokemon games on it. I know it had, you know, Poggy Park and stuff like that, but it, it didn't have sure. Pokemon games in the sense yeah. that the Switch does. Yeah. So the I Wii think U it was that combination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very cool to see. I thought it was an incredible year for Pokemon. Not, not really because of Brilliant Diamond, but no, mostly uh, Snap and Unite. Yeah, um, I I wasn't on board with Unite, but I did love Snap. Snap was the third, I think, in my game of the year list. Mm-hmm. I liked both of them. Yeah. I liked uh, Unite. It was my first taste of mobas. I I liked it yeah, for that. Too. I liked it as a as you know a baby's first moba. That actually, what, <laughs> the more you played it, the more you were like, oh, okay, no, I can see where like the complexity and the the fun of mobas is, but it wasn't too overwhelming. Yeah. Eric at master rank, just like looking angrily, like Trevenant this week. Trevenant drops on Thursday. Uh, okay, I think we should take a break. We've got some previews to talk about. George has yes. a preview. Yes, I have some previews. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about some new games. Bye. Welcome back. Our first preview segment of 2022. I'm excited to talk about some new games, finally. It was kind of uh, quiet, you know, between the holidays and the start of the year. There wasn't much happening. Monster Hunter Rise came out, and we got to play that. Uh, I've been playing God of War on PC. I can talk about that a little bit. But we're here now with uh, George is back, and now Jade King. Hello, Jade. Hello. Hello, Jade. 
to uh, talk about some previews and demos for 2022 games. Uh, George, why don't you start? What have you been playing? Uh, so the big preview I've been working on is Oli Oli World. Um, right. And so I've... I remember during the, was it the Game Awards? There was a trailer for it and you like really freaked out. It was the, it was, I think it was the Nintendo Indie thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember tweeting about it and being like, oh, give some love to Oli Oli World. Um, I've just, cause I love skateboarding games. They're, they're one of my favorite genres. Um, and I've heard such good things about the other two. Uh, I tried one of them myself years ago, like a demo of one. I was like, oh, this sucks. I hate this. This is too technical. But I was also like 16 and had the attention span of a 16-year-old. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a go if they do something new. Um, and then in comes Oli Oli World. And it's like, oh, by the way, we look like Adventure Time now. There's your hook. I'm like, <laughs> oh, fuck, that's worked. That's all I need. Uh, and it's, it's fucking amazing. I'm sorry to swear twice in a row, but... Okay, describe the gameplay it looks to me like like an endless runner with a skateboard yeah so it's yeah. it's auto scrolling but they're stages instead so the magic of it is is you go through the stage and you know you're, you're tricking over stuff you're flicking the left stick to do different tricks and then you're grinding and then you're wall riding but then you're also doing challenges along the way so it's like oh hit five of these things uh and you're doing that and it's like the pure serotonin that's just like crossing stuff off and getting high scores and then comboing stuff combined with like this lo-fi sort of vibe it's just like it's both really stressful and kind of painful like on your wrist and incredibly relaxing um it's, it's is just it, is it more like a platformer it's is it, yeah it's very much like a like platformer. rayman it's it's much more it's it's very focused on like having a high score and okay. the the comparison I made in my previews, it's very it's like a rhythm platformer. So like it's not a rhythm platformer in the sense like you're you're hitting notes, but you're doing specific tricks, you're doing tricks at specific times, you're getting like the timing down, you're doing a trick into a manual and then you're like I say, going into a wall ride, you're just watching that combo build up. Um and at first it's like, oh wow, this is really hard. I don't know how people get like these massive high scores. And then you're learning when to do a manual and you're grinding and then you're jumping into off a grind into a flip into a grab and it's like it's kind yeah. of impossible to describe that just sounds like okay so it's a skating game but the feeling of doing it is like it's it's like rubbing your stomach and like patting your head and it's really hard but when you master it it's it's there's nothing else like it like it's all i'm thinking about huh. at the moment and so you're just like replaying stages trying to get like better lines so there's like a there's like a story yeah so like each level has its own challenges and like beat this score to unlock this piece of clothing or whatever but then there's other levels as well you keep going through the levels it's different areas of the world there's like little bits of story and like cute character interactions but like i'm not like that fussed on that like they're they're cute and they carry the plot forward a bit but it's it is really all about just how good it feels to play um it's kind of weird to say like it's mastered something that I didn't know. Like this is my first proper Oli Oli World, Oli Oli game, yeah. but like they've mastered it. Like it is just I can't imagine how they could do it better. The only problem is like I just want more of it. Like I just I, I want it to have new levels every day. Like that's the only is issue that, I can see having. Is that like the world part? Is that like branding? Do, are they doing like a live service kind of thing? There are online elements like seasons and stuff so you can go into these uh -huh. like 
they'll do they'll generate like a level for you. It's like get this score to unlock this taunt or whatever. Um, I don't know how gripping that will be because I kind of like how each level is crafted. Like they feel like a lot of time and effort has gone into making it so that you're skating through and it feels good, and it's not just like random jumps, random grinds. Like it feels like it's been massively crafted like that. Mm. So the idea of like and these it's like a, things, it's got like a fantasy thing, right? What do you mean? Isn't it like there's like wild creatures and oh yeah, like it's like it, it is just Adventure Time. <laughs> it's like that. That's my comparison point. But like there are just like frogs with faces running around. There's people just dressed up how they want. There's like wolf people. There's cactuses with faces. Like it's just so. I hate using the word charming over and over again, but it's like mm -hmm. oh, the vibes are so good. And you're just like stunting on them, like stun on a cactus man. They're they're more just watching, but they're, they're watching you stun. They're into it. Okay, Rhyme it's just like the cactus. background. Yeah. <laughs> what, <It's... Jayden? laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's. I realize it's kind of like a hard thing to sell because it is one of those games where you're into it or you're not. I think, but it's so. Do you know what fingerboarding is? Yeah. 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 Where you use a little skateboard with your hands. It's, Tech it's decks? yeah, it's like that, but they've turned it into a game. That's how it feels to play. Okay. But if you were good at fingerboarding instead of just like twatting it off a table, you're talking to the regional fingerboard champion. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say that's a really weird thing to reveal here on the pod. <laughs> Fingers I'm actually and feet? A, I'm a pro. <laughs> I'm a pro fingerboarder and feetboarder. We call them feetboards. Um. Oh. Yeah, so it, I mean, it sounds charming, uh, and it's hard, huh? Yeah. Oh, God, it's hard. Is it's, it hard, or is it, like, hard for George, it's, to be honest? It, it's, it's hard for all. Um, it <laughs> hard made for me, all. <laughs> it made me wonder, like, how intensely I play games, because I came away from it, I was like, my fingers really hurt. My hand aches. Like, it goes by so fast, my eyes are blurry, and I'm like, am I ill? Like, is this <laughs> I'm like sweating, I'm vomiting. <laughs> COVID? Like... <laughs> yeah, this game gave you COVID. Dude. Ollie Ollie World gives you COVID. You heard it here first, folks. Jesus Christ. But it's George worth pissing it. and shitting himself over the tech deck game. It hurts so much, but it's worth it. Um, I I cannot wait like for it to properly release and I can just talk yeah. about it fully because it's that good. It's out soon, right? Yeah, two, three weeks, I think. No, February 4th. I think you've sold me. I think uh, this, you'd love it, Jade. Pitch trip run app with a skateboard. I yeah, think that 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 sold me. That summed it up better mm. than I could. That's really annoying. That I've just spent like twenty minutes urban and R and Jade's like, "Is this?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's true." <laughs> <laughs> uh, good soundtrack. Uh, I don't really like lo-fi, like oh, to really? to study okay. two or to beat two or whatever. It doesn't interest me. Uh, I like the music here because it fits the vibe, but like. For me, skating games are they're Tony Hawk, they're skate, they're that sort of soundtrack. Yeah. It's Superman, you know, like for me I, yeah. I'm like, can it's I turn this off too low energy. On? Yeah. I need like, yeah, mm. let's go, let's skate. But this is more like, yeah, we're skating. You get a nighttime <laughs> track in that game with some lo fi. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that sounds like good shit. Yeah. It, it depends time, if you like lo fi. Scatting. Yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll scat in my way, like <laughs> like scuba doo bop up. Like a turnpike. Uh, cool. It's on Switch, right? It's Switch, PS5, Xbox, and oh. PC. I think I think it's Epic Games Store actually. Oh, yeah. I think this developer got acquired by Epic quite recently. Private Division, if yeah. if I remember. Yeah. Is that a part of Epic? I can't remember. Or is it I Take Two? I think so. 
it, it's ri- it's like ringing a bell. I'm almost certain it is Epic Game Store. Just like Everyone's when I've hunted for screenshots and stuff, but I don't think I personally I don't think that matters. It's PC, you know. I don't get hate for that. But, yeah. uh, cool, George. Anything else? Uh, so that was my preview, and then I actually reviewed uh, Nobody Saves the World. Uh, oh, and that right. was really good as well. Yeah. Um, okay, what is that? So it's a dungeon crawler from I think it is it it's Drinkbox, the people who did Guacamole. Um, oh, nice. And the big twist of it is that you can like nobody has like these forms you can change into, which is kind of just like classes, but instead of oh it's a knight and a wizard and a a rogue. I mean there is a rogue and a knight in there, but there's also like an egg, a horse, a bodybuilder, a mermaid that's like one of the accurate looking mermaids that are really like scary as fuck. Um oh. and they've all got like really unique abilities. <laughs> accurate like a real mermaid. <laughs> Yeah, no, not you see in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Not like, those fucking fake ones. Not like Little Mermaid. More <laughs> not like... this Disney bullshit. Yeah, not this Disney bullshit. <laughs> exactly that. Um, and that's like that's kind of enough of a hook that it's a dungeon crawler where you can have funny characters. But then about an hour or two in, it's like, oh, so you know all these unique abilities that each of these characters have. Yeah, you can just swap them. Like, give give the mermaid the fire abilities of the dragon if you want to. Uh, mm. And then it's like, I was like, oh wow, that's cool. And it goes, we're going to get really hard now. This is going to be difficult. You're going to have to like plan accordingly uh, and grind a bit. Uh, but it does grind really well, like in a way I haven't really seen in a while. Does so each form okay. is... E- the way you progress is you have to do challenges with each form. So instead of like, oh, I've, I've killed five enemies, so I level up. It's like, kill five enemies with this move or give the, give the dragon the mermaid's bubble ability and kill them kill five enemies with that or travel this amount of distance with this move that sort of thing um and that sounds annoying like i know i instantly went just let me play just let me play how i want to play but it makes you think outside the box well i guess it makes you think inside the box they give you but it lets you mess around the characters more um and really experience them in different ways and that's like the hook okay when when you say dungeon crawler it's like a diablo style like action rpg yeah yeah it's not like is focused loot? on loot no there's no loot okay i don't think it needs that that would like muddy the wars but it's the same sort of gameplay where you're going for a dungeon then you're pressing a and then you you're thrown out a special that sort of thing gotcha but it's okay, like so more like gauntlet yeah yeah more like gauntlet cool okay but it's fantastic like again Does i feel like i can't out? sell it like that much but it's in the way it feels like it's just that loop of Ooh, I've just I've just scratched off a challenge and now I'm leveling up and then that means I can level up this other character by diving in. Like that right. that gameplay loop is really satisfying. Does it have co op? Yes, but I didn't try that. Apparently it makes it harder. Okay. And I was like, my my roommate who I live with probably I could rope him into it, but he's not very good at games, so it's like, Am I really gonna trade that off to make things more difficult to have someone there? No, I'll good. I'll I'll play alone. <laughs> That's uh okay it sounds cool does it have a good soundtrack uh <laughs> i feel like i've answered this like twice of like with a meh reaction maybe i'm picky but it's <laughs> it's just sort of there um in the same yeah. way that the characters are like well written they're funny and they have little quips and stuff like, there's no voice acting but in the cutscenes that are there like the text is funny like guacamole but like I, I seem to remember Guacamole had like people really, really clamoring. Like, this is the funniest game ever. This is great. 
like this is amazing writing guacamole is very good yeah i've heard like really good things about it but i remember the writing being one of them uh and with nobody it's like there are funny moments and they're funny characters Mm. but that wasn't the appeal like at all the appeal is in yeah the i guess it's it's like a it's like an addictive gameplay loop and that's kind of the appeal of it what score did you give it uh eight out of ten well four out of five and is it on game pass uh yes i believe it is oh yes it is okay it's definitely like i i would pay for it just downloaded it i would pay for it but if it's on game pass i'm like there's no excuse this is this is going to be one of the dungeon crawling greats i think maybe not like hades level but like uh, a rung below that and that's that's not bad at all nice i will check that out jade what is your game uh wind jammers 2 what is a wind jammer so i don't know i think it's a frisbee <laughs> wait wind jammer you like... barely know her okay. wait sorry okay but yeah wind jammers it's the first one came out goodness knows how long ago but it's essentially it's like volleyball with a frisbee basically it's very oh. eccentric and european i think it came out of france and it's for years and years it's had a very niche following like the people who love with jammers like really fucking love with jammers but yeah essentially it's a top-down bird's eye view 2d perspective and your job is to essentially use this frisbee and you're like each character has their own distinct abilities or specials so on you need to use your frisbee and hit it into three distinct zones on the other side of the pitch so there's three points five points and then three points and the first person to reach 15 wins the set and you win two sets you win the match and it's essentially i don't know there's just something it's really tight and concise in a way where it's super satisfying to play especially if you're playing against a friend and you both know what you're doing and it's just the case of you pull off a really cool combo because it's that sort of game that depends on intensely precise reflexes to catch to catch the to catch the wind jammer, like, I think it's called a wind jammer. <laughs> to catch this thing, send it flying back, ensuring it bounces off the walls in the correct way. This That's is cool. pong. This is no, new it's, pong. It's like fabulous pong. Fabulous I don't know pong. How else to describe it, but yeah, I don't know because you can also toss the toss the disc up in the air, which can fuck people over. Because if it falls on the ground, you get points. But also, there's a case of you can smack it, catch it, throw it. It's all about catching your opponent off guard so you can either continue the rally or get to a point where you score. But there's nothing better in this game than like catching a special or executing yours in a certain way. Because I think this game is from the same studio who did the Streets of Rage 4 remake. Okay. Dot Not Emu? remake, like sequel. Yeah, Dot Emu. Yeah. Because I, I went to their offices in Paris a few years back when this was little more than just a prototype they're like oh we're making another wind jammers fuck knows when it's coming out and <laughs> I think now it finally is it, it's great it's that it's, sounds so fun it's coming to game pass you know speaking of game pass game pass tomorrow game pass on the 20th which will be oh, after this show has come out and i would definitely be playing that it's a fantastic like couch co-op or online game I is it skill based like is it would you say oh, you oh, like... very much so yeah hell yes it's a All game right. you can learn. There's a decent amount of sequences and combos, but it's How's very the much a case of <laughs> oh, banging, very like hell yeah, <laughs> finally soundtrack of the week. <laughs> the the whole thing is just I don't know. Everyone's like 
all the characters in this game are really sexy. I, I don't know how yeah. else to describe it. But <laughs> they're, they're very like, like they're eighties. Yeah, eighties. They're all wearing spandex, like rubber, like headbands and shit. And it's it's yeah. that kind. They all of look vibe. like Thundercats villains. <laughs> and it's 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 real rocking, but it is just a it's a really good time. But I think and all the, the characters have different abilities and stuff. Yeah, each character has a unique special, and some of like the speed and the way in which they operate on the field is also a bit different because there's one special where a character will throw the frisbee in one direction, but then it will suddenly teleport onto the other side of the arena. Jesus. So you need to almost predict where it's going to go. But there's also another one where the the frisbee almost follows like a laser. So so it'll go but in a straight in straight lines, but it will move incredibly quickly. So you almost need to if you're playing against a certain character, you'll need to think, okay, so how do these abilities work in conjunction with mine? How do I need to keep an eye out? How can I like Oh, what's the word? What's the word you use when you count counter counter when you count something? <laughs> when you do that, but yeah, like I'm, I'll have a review up on the site by the time this podcast goes live as well. But one of the only shortcomings is it's it's very light on. I suppose a game like this can't really be heavy on content. There's an arcade mode for each character where you travel throughout this fictional city during like a Windjammers tournament and face off against certain people. There's a few different difficulty modes. Does it have a battle pass? No, no, it's a very like simple game. Traditional, yeah. There's no battle pass or live service stuff. This This looks like like it would be an amazing mobile game. (laughs) Yeah, this feels like a game you play in an arcade. Yeah, with the modes. There's an online mode, obviously, and I think they've done that deliberately because the first Windjammers is has a very like niche following and it's got its own competitive scene. So I very much think, much like Streets of Rage Four before it. Dotemu is leaning into that legacy. They're going, we're making another one of these, but we're going to make it look great. We're going to make it play incredibly. And the fan base will come flocking, much like the Division yeah. of Rage 4, which was which was really good. But this also is, I reckon if this wasn't coming to Game Pass and stuff, it might die on its feet beyond like outside of its community. But I think it coming to Game Pass and like Xbox and PC, I'm hoping people would just pick this up and think, Oh wow, this is like a, a weirdly sick party game in a similar way to Rocket League, I suppose. When that dropped on PS Plus and people saw, right? This, is, this game is super duper simple, but it's also like really fun. I'm nice. into it. I'll try it. That is, yeah, yeah, I'm check it out. It. It's pretty sick. Yeah, cool. Uh, okay, I have a couple. Uh, I played Two. some demos. Um, one of them is called the planet crafter prologue uh it's a free demo on steam it's not really a demo it's basically just like the first uh hour of this prologue yeah they call it the prologue but it's literally what you would do if you bought the game's not out but if you just played the first hour of the game that's what it is uh it is a um survival crafting game but in the subnautica genre rather than the rust genre i'm not sure how we're gonna differentiate those going forward it's not the big multiplayer sandbox style survival game you're it's alone the, essentially yes it's the okay. single player exploration focus the better kind the, yeah the kind that's evolved <laughs> out of the other one yeah right the lonely one uh so this is your like subnautica the forest Breath Edge. I know the forest has multiplayer, but I, that's still the sort of like story exploration focus mm. 
uh, thing that we're doing. And um, it is that, and it is also sort of an idle game, like a, not like a cookie clicker, but it has that hook of like, like if you quit and come back, stuff will happen. No, but while you're playing, things are happening passively. Okay. Pro- right. Progression happens passively, and you do things that speed up that progression, mm-hmm. just like you would in, in an idle game. And so for me, those two hooks, like the survival crafting and the idle game, is like pure fucking crack, like... <laughs> The fucking melted, <laughs> injected straight into my veins. Yeah, when it ended, I almost had a little crisis because <laughs> there, there's no like, it's not like oh, get to this point and that's the end. It just like hard stops at a certain point, and it's like wish list on Steam. I come back when it's finished. It's <laughs> like, like no, no. <laughs> numbers go up, numbers go up, and uh, the numbers stopped I'm going up, and I freaked I the to fuck the out. Like, yeah. <laughs> so this is like. This is a pre- this is inc- incredible. It like really blew up on Steam, and I can see why. Yeah. When you when you first start, it looks like nothing. Like it looks like a very low budge. You you're like you step out onto a planet. You step out of your little pod onto the surface of a planet, and there's just nodes of different, um, like crafting materials just spread out almost like randomly on the, on this flat surface of the planet yeah. and you go pick up a piece of lithium and you go pick up a piece of iron and you're just like, Oh, I, and you only have 30 seconds before you run out of oxygen. And then you run back to your ship and Some then you craft it. You make a bigger <laughs> oxygen tank. And now I can go out for 60 seconds and you pick up. So, okay. So it has that loop loop, yeah. which yeah. is like simple and familiar. And it's just, it, it looks worse than Subnautica. The world's more boring. Why am I playing this? Like, boring version of Subnautica, but once you get into this like idle game hook, what you discover is that um, a lot of the things you craft are um, terraforming tools. So there's three pillars of terraforming. There's uh, pressure, which are like drills that you put on the ground and they create pressure in the planet. There's oxygen, which is by building like botanical, like uh, plants to give oxygen. And then there's heat, which you need to build these heaters and like generators to mm. uh, create heat. Uh, and then all of those are supported by power. So you need some kind of like either wind or solar or something to give you energy. You don't have to build a network of these things. They don't have to be connected by power lines. They don't have to be on a grid or anything. You can plop down a drill anywhere in the world, just right where you are. And as long as you also have enough power, literally anywhere, as long as you built a solar panel somewhere, it's all automatically connected. There's no less of the management. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 0% management, which really reinforces the exploration because you just go to a new place, gather up all the shit, build a little satellite base right there where you can craft and then just like puke out your drills and your solar panels and your, engines and then move on to the next place and so each of those pillars of terraforming have their own progress their own like unlock progression path so as your pressure increases you unlock more things on the pressure track and then as your heat increases so when you put down your first heater your heat is increasing let's say 0.3 units per second but then once you build enough heat 
Then you upgrade to the heater version two. And if you build those, now your heat's increasing five per second. And you get this like incremental, like any good uh, idle game, you get this like incremental, incremental progression that spikes when you get upgrades. And so you're small, you're getting like one per second and now you're getting 15 per second and then you're getting 1500 per second oh baby that's and it's just like numbers go up numbers go up and it's all <laughs> it, and you can just stand still in your base and it's just like numbers just going watching up their and, numbers. and you're like my numbers are going up but they could be going up faster <laughs> i need to get me some iridium and i can make that heat number go up faster baby and now you're like trekking along the planet looking for the next crash spaceship so you can go rip their heaters out of it and strip the iridium out and build your own heater oh my god it is so fucking good if like if you are one of these people you know exactly what i'm talking about i think think this is like you're already downloading this game if you get it i feel like you the two of you maybe don't get it and that's fine i played a lot of i've I haven't played Destiny for a while, but I played enough Destiny to know that, like, when them numbers go up, they need to keep going up. Them numbers like, gotta be going nah, up. it's not yeah. my sort of thing. I'm happy for you, though, Eric. It has a sound. <laughs> uh, terrible. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, there's, like, cool weather events that happen. There's, like, uh, big, like, meteor fucking showers that come in and blast through the planet. You gotta, like, run inside. Um... I, I don't know. It's really just the numbers go up, though. That's really the thing. Once you just see those ticking away in the quarter of your screen, like, here's how much pressure is building. And then once you reach certain milestones, like, so the first milestone is blue skies. So when you land on the planet, there's just, like, a burning red-hot sun, and the sky's, like, black and red. And once you terraform to a certain point, the sky turns blue. And that's sort of where the prologue ends. But then you can see in the trailers that from there, like you start to get vegetation that grows from the ground and like the planet becomes a habitable place. Eventually, eventually you don't have to worry about oxygen. Like, and then it just gets in deep into like the base building, Mm. um, sort of end game stuff. But, uh, that looks really sick. There's a little story thing happening. I started to discover, it seems like you're like a prisoner trying to pay off your sentence by terraforming this planet. That's stuff's kind of happening in the background. Um, yeah, check that out. Um, George, you still have, you have time for me to talk about one more? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so the other game that I sampled uh, played the demo for Terra Nil, uh, which is a Devolver game that comes out this year. For a second, I wasn't sure if it was Annapurna or Devolver. I'm starting to just sort of put those two <laughs> oh, together yeah, people do that a lot, though. in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Terranil is very cool. It is a reverse city builder. So instead of erecting skyscrapers and coffee shops, you are bringing um, forests back to a barren world. Oh, I thought you were just fucking screwing up a city. That's what I thought. When you You're said just that, I was like... a city. So um, the sort of the concept is that you have this parcel of land that is barren. Um, and you need to use machines and technology to bring the natural world back and then remove all of the man-made things from it at the end. Okay. So there's sort of like three stages to it. First, you like um, make the land fertile by like pl- placing down a, like a wind 
a wind turbine to get energy. And then you put down these machines that turn the land into like soil and then you can like grow stuff. And then, so once you make the land fertile again, then you have to biodiversify. So you make this one uh, a forest, you make this one a swamp and mm. you try to get like variety to, to the land, but it has a, like a resource management aspect to it because you only have so many points you can spend on all of your like machines and buildings and stuff, but it plays a lot more like a puzzle game uh, because you're trying to be as efficient as possible with like, if I, if I put this thing down, that's going to clear the earth. I don't want it to overlap too much with this one, or I'm wasting my points. So I want to try to like spread things out as much as I can. Um, so yeah, so if it plays a lot more like a puzzle game and then I, I think it's just, what's so fascinating about it is that you never play a game where the idea is to build nothing. Like, yeah, especially in this, in the sim genre, you're trying to like build everything, hack yeah. it with as much stuff and be as efficient as possible. Usually it's to make a profit, right? Like that's sort of how like the park games go and the tycoon games go. But in this one, the whole idea of it is to make your work invisible is to like do as little as necessary, uh, which is pretty fascinating. And one of the first steps when you biodiversify, so when you need to like um, grow a forest out of like woodlands, what you have to do is um, first you add like bees that pollinate the area and make it flourish with like flowers. And then you have to burn it all. You have to do like a controlled burn of that area to make the, the, the soil fertile so that a forest can grow there. And when you do that, you have to burn down all the shit you built. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. I, I get it a bit more now. I, I've been kind of like, I don't get it. Yeah, so like you intentionally start a fire that takes out your like wind generator and all of your like buildings and machines that got you to that point in the first place. And the only way to make a forest grow there is if you burn it all down. Uh, and so once you successfully, th this is just, I'm just talking through like what you do in like the demo one. I'm sure it eventually gets a lot more complicated, but mm. in the demo, once you successfully biodiversify your different regions, you like add rivers and those rivers turn into swampland and you grow forests. Then the last task is to remove all man-made objects from the world. So you have, uh, you have basically like a drone and you're building um, you're, you're building objects so the drone can fly to them and remove everything around them. And then you have to build objects next to those objects to remove the, those. And eventually you have so few that you've sort of condensed everything you've built into a small area and the drone can just pick it all up in one go and fly away. And then there's no more. And then at that point, you just look at the world you build and you can see that the deer and the birds and the trees, like, and the music like builds from, from nothing into it this like, forest soundscape. Yeah. And you start to hear like the sounds of the forest as you go. That's kind of it's that's like, a cool idea. It's so tranquil. It's like, it, it's, it's not punishing. It's like, it's easy, but you can get better and better at it by being more efficient. And, you know, there's just like nothing else like that, you know, just like the genre of a reverse city builder. So yeah, I'm super impressed with that. Um, and it just feels good to be like, well, the, 
the world got fucked. There's nothing left, but we can we bring rebuild. it back with gaming. We can, yeah. yeah, we can bring it back. <laughs> it's like a it's a post post apocalyptic game, right? This is like after there's nothing. What happens? So, uh, oh, well. yeah. I want to check both of those games out. Like you've already sold me on each. Of them. They're not my things, but like it's nice to see. Like I like it when Eric's excited about something. <laughs> Especially I like the, the, the numbers like game. It. The numbers game. <laughs> numbers go up, baby. Uh, so yeah, that's <laughs> the Planet Crafter Prologue, which is a free demo on Steam. Also, Terra Nil, T E R R A space N I L. Uh, which is also a free demo on Steam. I'm not totally sure what platforms... I'm assuming Planet Crafter is only going to be Steam. That's sort of how survival indie games usually are. Although I think Breathheads and Subnautica both eventually came to Switch. Yeah, those are on PS5 as well. Yeah. Well, Subnautica is. This is is far more indie than either of those games. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's very good. And then Terranel's a Devolver game, so it will be on... At everything. least Switch, yeah, yeah but probably yeah. Switch and PC everything. at least, I think. Yeah, both both of those come out this year, so uh, check out those demos. Um, okay, hey, good pod, good pod, good podding, everyone, good, good pod, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got our listener questions uh, to go through real quick. Um, we didn't talk much about God of War, but I think we'll save that for um, maybe next week when we cover Uncharted. Jade. Oh yes, I can talk about the two remasters coming to ps5 and pc next week so uh remasters in in very heavy quotation marks (laughs) in honor of our playstation re-releases god of war and uncharted we asked you what your favorite playstation game of all time is uh george what's yours oof that's tough um it feels kind of it, it depends on my mood. So, like, I guess yeah. The Last of Us Part 2 is probably one of my favorite games ever. Uh, so, if I'm feeling very sad, it's The Last of Us Part 2. But if I'm feeling yeah. a little bit more upbeat, uh, Sly Cooper, all the way. Gotta be. Okay. Mine was Kingdom Hearts 2. I guess I'm just a bigger Kingdom Hearts fan. Uh, oh, baby. You know, I, I thought choice. that. I always <laughs> think to say Kingdom Hearts, so I'm like, you know what? I'll say something different. Is it really, Eric? Or is it, yeah, or is that for me? sure. Kingdom Hearts 2 yeah, is, for sure. is I do tier. adore Kingdom Hearts 2. Specifically yeah. 2 is the best one, but I love 3 as well. I can't help it. I can't help it. It's in my heart. It's not the best PlayStation game. No way. But it is I pretended favorite. I was sick from school to play that game when it came out. I cracked my head open yeah. for that game. I drew the box art and put it on the fridge. I was like, <laughs> I told, I what King, the first Kingdom Hearts came out when I was like nine, and I remember sitting down with my mom at dinner and telling her the entire story. Oh, but I'm sure oh, that's so oh. as much sense as you would imagine a nine year old interpreting Kingdom Hearts. It, it makes Kingdom about Hearts. as much sense as Kingdom Hearts story, anyway. Really, <laughs> my dad wouldn't buy me Vice City, and he went, "Oh, you get this instead," and he bought me Kingdom Hearts. And that was one of those moments where if that didn't happen, I would not be who I am today. Like I'd probably be like, I'd probably be like in the fucking incel. Like if I had Kingdom Hearts that day. But oh my god, you can moment. thank him. Yeah, it really was. It was like one of those decisions you make at the start of Mass Effect. Like, <laughs> did you get Kingdom Hearts or Vice City? And I was like, oh. uh, is that your pick, Vice City? Oh God, no. What's yours? Uh, I made a tweet. I made a tweet for this. I think it was Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh. So can I have? Can I pick three? Is that cheap? Yeah, that's not Shadow. Well, of, fine. Shadow of the Colossus, Final Fantasy Nine, 
and Silent Hill 2. They all originally launched on PlayStation, so I think they count. Oh, yeah, if, I've never played a Silent Hill game. If we can have three, Ooh. then I'm also. There's only like three good ones. You find. I'm putting Infamous in there as well. The first Infamous goes in that. Really? Yeah. yeah. I fucking love Infamous. I love the first Infamous. Sucker yeah. Punch do no wrong to me, except Ghost of Shima, which is just kind of good, I guess. <laughs> Sucker Punch can do no wrong, except for half of the games. <laughs> except for that. That's biggest. not my favorite Sucker Punch. I never played Sly Cooper though, like as a kid. Sly Cooper's great. <laughs> so I can't slag it. I don't really know much about it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, over on Twitter. Matthew Arkilla says Valkyrie Profile. Oh, fair. That's good a good, about good old niche JRPG. Uh, Matthew says, I'm not a big JRPG person by any stretch of the imagination, but I miss when the genre was wild and untamed and made recruiting soldiers for the end times in cheerful visual novel chapters a thing somebody approved. Yeah, uh, I played the PSP right. one. Uh, Valkyrie Profile Lenith, is that a thing? Lenin? Uh, yeah. Chronicles? Is that one? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, such a unique series. Do they still do those? No, they haven't made a Valkyrie profile. I think it was Indivisible, which was very much an homage to Valkyrie profile with its battle system, similar to Chris mm. Hale's. I love gothic shit. I love angels and demons. You'll You'll probably dig that shit. Yeah. Cool. Uh Amy H says a little indie darling called Dragon Age 2. Okay. I don't think Amy understood the assignment. That didn't count. <laughs> I came to 360. Get out of that here. That was on everything. Uh Kyle Silva says Flower. I still don't think there's another game that tackles the feeling of floating as well oh, wow. as this game. The momentum from floating. picking yeah. up the pedals is still great and the use of color is excellent. A game well before its time, but still the best of its genre. Flower's awesome. I think it was that journey flow and a lot of stuff from that game company that first came to PlayStation were very yeah. much all ahead of their time when they came out. Were they uh, the the that game Unfinished Swan? No, no, that was... I don't remember who oh, did that. Piss. I can't... Oh, I can't remember, but they did Edith Finch as well. Yeah. Remember oh. the beginning of PS Now on... Or of PS Plus on PlayStation 3 when it was all like Flower, Unfinished Swan, Flow. It was all like these amazing artsy fartsy fart <laughs> shit. God, I love that. I love that Damn. era. I love uh, Flower. That's a Flower is amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, this must be another meme. Maybe not. Jasmine James says Bratz Rock Angels with a Z. <laughs> 2005. I've played it. <laughs> they are fucking with you. Uh, and also, Toy Story 2 Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue. That's actually very now, good. That is very okay, good. Toy Story uh, 2 fucking rules. Yeah, yeah, that game is good. But not a PlayStation game. That was on N- N64 too. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. true. Uh, but game, Toy Story 2 fucking good. ruled. Yeah. Was it, was it really actually called Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue? No, I thought it was just called Toy Story 2. I thought it was just called yeah, Toy well, Story 2. It was 2. Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue, yeah. There is a Buzz Lightyear Amazing soundtrack. Uh, band game as well, which but that game is not, not nearly as good. Toy Story 2 is one of the best platformers of that era. The, of that the Super Mario 64 of movie times. The so music. fucking good. Oh my god. Tight. Jazzy as fuck. Tight. Ugh. Ugh. Tweet. Okay. Daryl Baxter says Roscoe McQueen. Is that Sorry? a real thing? I'm moving. Uh, on. Is that Lanny McQueen's cousin? Like, what's what's going on? Let me Google. I'm googling. Type type type. I think we're getting fucked with again. Ra- nope. 
Roscoe McQueen Firefighter Extreme. Uh, we, we're probably still being fucked with. <laughs> Is a they did, PlayStation. They didn't use the full name. <laughs> they didn't. All right. I'm not. Di- we'll dig into Roscoe McQueen later. Uh, Robert Yap says Heavenly Sword. Ooh, wow. Okay. That's surprising. Yeah, deep cut. Mm-hmm. Brilliant action game, unique setting, iconic protagonist. I don't know if you could say that the Heavenly Sword uh, protagonist is iconic. Considering is the name, right? I only know that the big thing about this when it came out, Andy Serkis played the villain, oh. and it was this was before God of War three came out, so it was it was very much one of the first big PS three exclusives back when no one was buying them because they were six hundred dollars. But yeah, I remember this being a big deal. It probably hasn't aged well, but yeah. Ro- it, Robert it says could have been the start of a great franchise on par with God of War. I agree. This this is the sort of game. Is there a story to... there? Did the studio fall apart or what? Why? Who was, made what... it? Who made Heavenly Sword? I don't know. May... Somebody should look into that. Oh, it was Ninja Fear. Ninja Fear. It was Ninja Fear, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's no excuse for The only excuse is that it sold poorly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, Sam Harrison says massive struggle, but it, as a sad dad, I think I have to pick God of War. Must mean the new God of War. Um, I mean, yeah, fucking great game. Uh, definitely the best PlayStation game in 2018. I'll give him that. Uh, Jeff Wildman says if we are speaking exclusives, Detroit. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. Nah, that game's fun. Kind of. Okay. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, Gaming the Mind says Ape Escape. Yeah. I do cool. love Ape Escape. Yeah, they should make another one of those. I do love Ape Escape. Hey, boy. Okay. Uh, Fry Eye Digital says Metal Gear, specifically Solid, Sons of Liberty, Snake Eater, and Guns of the Patriots. So just Metal Gear Solid series. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a lot of people's favorite for sure, right? MGS4 has never come to anything else. I think about true it. yeah and and one was exclusive until twin snakes two was exclusive until subsistence i think so um yeah those are playstation games in my mind peace walker oh that was in the hd collection uh anton says the last of us part two robert Malarkey says Sweek It In 2. Ooh, people love that game. That's like a really beloved cult JRPG. Uh, just a couple more. Riley to the Skyly says Kingdom Hearts. To date, the most elation I felt playing a game was when I finally gave Possessed Riku that work. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fucking tough fight. That's not the hardest fight in the first one, but yeah, I remember being like, damn, is that, is that I like gotta you- get good. Is that when you save him from Kyrie in front of the portal? Yes. Before you fight Maleficent's dragon, I think. God, I remember this far too much. Yeah, it's, it's a there. great, it's a great arena. Like the the fight space is really cool. The fight's really exciting. You've been waiting the whole game to finally, you know, take him on. Um. So yeah, that part is that that fight's amazing. Um. I think that's it. Yeah. That was a lot of different games. I kind of was expecting everybody to just say like Infamous well, I love, and I love God of War. Like Yeah. Everybody just said God of War. You know. 
Wasn't um was Grand Theft Auto was originally PlayStation, right? Yes, I want to say it also came to PC. Same with GTA Two, mm. but I think it could have been on PlayStation originally, alongside GTA London. Yeah, nobody said Spyro. Nobody said Crash. That's a little surprising. There's, there's a lot. I think because if backwards compatibility ever comes to like PS5, like Sony has such a back catalog oh to dig God. into. Not yeah. just not just its big exclusives or its mascots, but there's so many smaller games across all of those PlayStation consoles that you can't play anymore. Like, oh yeah. my God, like picking your best PlayStation game. Like, it's not just like going, oh yeah, Halo when you play Xbox or whatever. Right. Yeah, there's so many. Shout out to Tokyo Jungle. Yeah, that's gonna great. be top, top of my list if if uh, backwards compatibility does happen. Make a sequel. I would love that. Um, Knack. Knack, yeah, Knack Two is a good game. <laughs> yep. Like, it's, it's, I get I reviewed that when it came out, and I gave it a seven. Like, it's a good game. Make Knack Three. Get Platinum to make it. Yeah. Um resistance and oh man what 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 was that other fps haze series uh killzone oh yeah killzone games are all right well killzone, first, that's a the first one series but like you can tell why the writing in horizon is bad because they made killzone <laughs> <laughs> sorry horizon yeah uh jack and daxter ratchet and clank so many what a legacy okay Gaming. that's enough that's enough playstation fanboying PlayStation uh, Nation. Shade. that's what they call that <laughs> Re- <laughs> rebrand the podcast <laughs> all right no you've said enough welcome. thank you jade that's our show for the week thank you so much for listening as always i appreciate it so much i love doing the show and getting to know our listeners better so for next week's question we want you to tweet at us using the hashtag AskTheGamer and tell us what's a Activision Blizzard game that you would like to see make a comeback. We'll read your answers live on the show next week during an all-new episode. We'll see you then. <laughs>